So, Berto, have you heard of the incel community on the internet? 4chan, uh, Reddit, the incel community? (laughs) Are you suggesting that incels, 4chan, and Reddit are all equivalent? No, I'm just saying (laughs) incels on Reddit, incels on 4chan. (laughs) Yes. Are you familiar with with incels? Like involuntary celibates? Yeah. Yeah. What do you know about them? Uh, Not entirely much, although it's, it's kind of the idea of... Darn it, women! You know something wrong with women. Like no matter what I've tried, I, I can't I can't get a woman to like me. I think they're all evil, and it's not my fault. I'm sitting here doing what I can, and darn it, darn the world, and but yeah. let's stick together. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up in a nice way. <laughs> so I've I've been getting a number of emails over the past few months asking me to talk about incels and. And I was a bit, I get emails like this all the time. And, and I thought, well, I've already talked about MGTOW, you know, men going right. their, men going their own way. You and I have talked Which about Which is it. related, I guess. Yeah. Although they decided to go their own way. Right. And I did, I've done many episodes on the pickup artist community, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know. It's I, related. Uh, kind of related. I've done episodes on masculinity and, you know, all these kinds of stuff. And I just feel like, haven't we already talked enough about this thing? And, mm-hmm. But what eventually someone, so, so actually someone emailed me the other week and I, and I was like, you're like the, I don't know, a couple dozen people have asked me this week to talk mm-hmm. about this. Did, <laughs> did something happen? Some incel, incelpocalypse? And something did. It's actually a tragic event, which we'll get oh. into. So let's introduce the podcast. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist, a professor, and a non-involuntarily celibate... Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Non, non-incel? Non-incel? Yeah. <laughs> wait, that doesn't work. No. <laughs> Anti-incel? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> My name is Humberto Castaneda. And I am a coach for those who want to learn how to huff and puff better. So, yeah, this starts off with a, a, a tragedy in Toronto. Did, did you know what the tragedy in Toronto? Not sure. Earlier this, I think it's earlier this year, a, a van, a guy driving a van, like ran over a bunch of people. I have heard of that. Was that an incel? Did you know about? I the guess tra- that that sounds familiar. That that was this year, huh? Did you know? It, but I remember hearing about the one in France. Yeah, and then there was wasn't there another one in in London? Yes, and, uh, I remember. I well, mean, what's what's bizarre to me is I hadn't even heard about this. I hadn't okay. even heard about this news report. Um, maybe I am confused because I've heard of these vans running people over. Yeah, but maybe I didn't know about this one. Yeah, Toronto, one in Canada. Right, I, I feel like. You know, I would have heard about that, but I don't. We've heard about the one in um, in North. Was it North Carolina during the? Mm-hmm. Was that North Carolina during the? Well, it was a car, right? Yeah, Charlotte, <laughs> yeah. Charlottesville. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I, I do remember hearing about the Canada thing. Okay, well, I didn't. I just and, didn't think I knew the, con- or I don't think I knew it was connected to incels. Yeah, and I'm sure people in Canada are like, Kirk, you haven't heard about this. Sure. You know, it's it's kind of like they're nine one, they're nine eleven. You sure. know what I mean? In, in some so ways, lots of people died. Yeah, ca- ten people died. Wow, ten people, and it's Canada's deadliest mass killing in you know decades. Forever. Yeah. So essentially what happened, and I'm not going to name the attacker because as a policy, I'm yep. not doing that because when we name the attacker or when we, go into the, yeah. when we go into the gory details, it actually encourages people to do this. So, That's But right. this guy in Canada from Toronto rented a van and ran over a bunch of people uh, purposely on a footpath and, kill, and 10 people died and many others were injured. He was uh, confronted by the police, and from what I can tell, what I'm reading in news reports is that he had a fake gun, something mm. that kind of looked like a gun, and he, he kept like reaching for it as the police were trying to arrest him. Suicide by cop. Right. And he even said, like, in the head, you know, shoot me in the head. In other words, like, yeah. don't just injure me, kill right, me. Right, 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 right. And the officers, were, you know because they're Canadian and not American, I guess, like refrain from actually shooting the guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> in American, <laughs> the United States, it would have been a... 
Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that's. A, I don't know the difference between Canadian police and and the and police in the United States, but I've seen this in London too, like an armed sub, su- suspect with a knife. Yeah, and they still manage to subdue the right. suspect. Yeah, by policy in the United States, if you're dangerous and you, it looks like you might have a gun somewhere within a mile of your body. <laughs> Then, you know, they were pulling out the AK. <laughs> yeah, they just start blasting away, you know. Yeah, and so now, of course, there are exceptions to that. Maybe even the majority of police do that. But we've certainly seen a lot of cases. But anyway, so these Toronto police didn't shoot him, like, which is That's I just incredible. Yeah, incredible. And they got close enough to realize that it was it wasn't a real gun. And then they detained him. So he didn't even, he didn't even have a gun on him. So is he in prison? Yeah. So he's on he's in he's he's being detained and. Wow. He, he's he's still the alleged van. Ah, I see, I see. Because he hasn't been convicted yet. But um, so he let's just look a little bit about the guy. He's 25, or was at the time of the killings. He I, I saw a report that he was in an autism spectrum class in high school. Mm. Whether or not he had autism or not, I don't know. Okay, but you know that's something. He like a special ed type of yeah. Okay. But I think specifically for autism. autism. He was a software, as an adult, he he worked as a software developer, mobile app developer. Okay. And just before, so so just after the attack, they started looking at his internet activity, and they found that on Facebook, just before the attack, he posted a um, something that referred to the incel rebellion. Have you heard of this incel rebellion? No. Can you imagine what yes. it was? What? <laughs> it's, I mean, it sounds like a more aggressive version of the Mgitao men going their own way thing. Like, you know, that's it. We've had it. We're rebelling against women, their evil ways. And, yeah. Yeah. Know, and society. Too. And society. Right. Like, a, I don't know what, it's just so weird. We'll get into that later. But yeah, so he posted something about... The incel rebellion. I didn't know about it either. I looked into it. It's a thing. It's okay. a it's a known thing in the incel community. I mean, they must be hurting a lot. Yeah, we'll get into that too. And he expressed admiration for the Isla Vista killer, the killer in 2014. I won't name his name either. What was was that the France one or something? No, Isla Vista, California. The, oh, that thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The yes. the most well known yes, MGTOW yes, yes. incel Who killer. Who was like also on the spectrum, maybe or. Not well. His, so I did an entire. I think I did like two hours on him. Yeah, yeah, if you want to look at that's a one of. I think it might even be our most popular video on. But YouTube. But it's definitely part of that community. The yeah. yeah. But but he wasn't. Um, he was definitely mentally suffering. And it, to be clear, right from the start, autism doesn't cause people to kill people. Of course not. Um, but when you suffer from mental conditions that make it hard to relate to other people, mm-hmm. then that leads to rejection and pain and suffering and demoralization and hopelessness and suicidal thoughts and thoughts of revenge. Right. So there are many routes. So right from the start, I just want to say that, you know, I did the deep dive on suicide. And one of the things that emerged for me, that one of the gestalts that emerged for me as I did you know, three months of in-depth research, thinking, writing, talking, developing, and talking on the podcast for 13 hours, is that these killings, these mass killings, 98% of them, just, you know, rough number, they either kill themselves or it's clear that they wanted to be killed at the end of this encounter. Yeah. Or that they wanted to be put to death if they were caught. These men, it's almost always men, are uh, suicidal. Who is suicidal? And, and, and that, that's the question that I, f- I feel like is not being answered about these mass killings. It's usually about, oh, the incel community, you know, pr- got them to do this, or video games, or mental health, or the proliferation of guns, or, you know, lack of mental health services, or video games. Or There's always these things. But to me... The central feature to all of these incidents is that these individuals want to die themselves. Yeah. Why do they want to die? And what, what there's a superset there of 
Because obviously there's a lot of people that want to die and then just go kill themselves. That's right. They have this additional, like, I'm going to see if I can take some portion of some community with me. That's right. There are a lot of people. So there's a Venn diagram. There's a lot of people who want to kill themselves. And then there's another set of people who want to take revenge on society. Right. There's not a lot of people in that category. But when you overlap those two, that's when you get these these mass killings. Yeah. So the vast majority of people who want to get revenge on society never take action on it because they don't want to die. They don't want to get hurt and they don't want to go to jail. They right. want they want to have a good life. So they'll keep right. it to fantasy, they'll keep it to ranting and ravings, they'll keep it to the internet. They'll keep it to watching revenge movies or whatever. And yeah. that'll be that, you know, and they'll just be annoying to their friends. And when they get drunk, they'll rant and rave about this and that. And that'll be that. But they won't actually take action because they're not pushed over the edge. Now, you combine that sort of person who is also suicidal and like, well, who who might even, I'm guessing a lot of these guys are in their room with a gun to their head and saying, well, wait a second. Yeah. Maybe I can do something with the last breath of my life. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe, it, why not? I'll be dead anyway. Right. And so <clears throat> the, the real solution to me after doing the deep dive on suicide is how to prevent what the factors that lead to suicide. Yeah. And those factors generally, according to empirical observation, are what do you think? Okay, let's see. Factors that lead to, to, to suicide. All, to, all suicide, to all suicides. Not even just, you know, these Depression. Kinds. No. I mean, okay. that's a factor, but uh, more specifically, though. Okay, isolation. There's, pl- there, there's plenty, yes. So there's plenty of people who are, uh, who kill themselves who aren't depressed. Okay. It's, it's a misnomer that like, oh, you're de- if you kill yourself, you must be depressed. It's not the case. Okay. Uh, so, but yes, isolation. isolation. But, but particularly what they call it in the theoretical literature is thwarted belongingness, which I like that. Thwarted belongingness. Okay. Yeah. So you want to belong. It's not just isolate because mm. some people are isolated, but they don't they feel. They want to be loners. They don't feel thwarted, you know? Ah. Uh, so if you feel thwarted. Like, like they lost their job, their 20-year-long job yeah, or Yeah, or they can't get a woman to date them. Sure. Or they can't, or they reach or out. Gone to, through a divorce or something. Or they reach out to friends and no one will call them back. Sure. Or a group of bullies have humiliated you at school. Yeah. Or I don't know, just all the things. Just you a can, major. It could also be like a a very very major setback in life. Like you lost everything to a hurricane, or you, uh, or you know you. Right. So, but that if you feel like you belong you are not likely to become suicidal. So you can lose everything. You can, you can have a terminal illness, according to general averages. If you feel like you belong, like you're connected, really connected, like you can really trust people, you can really trust your, your medical providers or whomever is involved in your situation, then it will stop you from t- taking that leap to thinking about suicide. So, yeah. so you have to have a number of things. You have to have thwarted belongingness, basically rejected isolation, um, and you have to be hopeless about it. There has to be something that leads to hopelessness. So, I mean, like in the, I was mentioning the divorce because, like, wasn't um, the comedian, uh, you know, uh, Robin Williams? Robin Williams wasn't he married and then went through a painful divorce and. Uh, I don't know that factor, but his suicide is actually a little bit more uh, of a mystery because he had been depressed and suicidal for decades of his life. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, his early life wasn't that great and had maybe even attempted at different points of his life. He, ta- he goes into detail about this on the WTF podcast with Mark Marion. Do you listen to that podcast? You've told me about it yeah, it's several good, times. It's a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, he recently had an episode with Anna Ferris hmm. up from Edmonds, Washington up here, and she went to UW. She might have gone to UW with you, actually. Oh, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. But she, uh, she's a weird one. Yeah. Didn't she break up, or they, they broke up? Uh, yeah. With, uh, the yeah, they were, our North, the galaxy. they were our Northwest power couple. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They were our Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yep. Uh, Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris. Anyway. So, well, what's funny was in the beginning of their relationship, I was like, oh, Chris Pratt really married up. 
Because, you know, Chris Pratt was just like... Right. A, At the time, he was just in Parks and Rec. Like a secondary character. Yeah. And then eventually it was like, oh, Anna Ferris is marrying up. You know what I mean? Yep. Anyway. So, uh, Robin Williams, later in life, started developing Parkinson's. And then he went oh. on a, he went on a medication. So... So there's a so there's no way to know, but yeah. it could have been independent of his Parkinson as meds. He could have just, you know, finally said, ah, you know, I'm going to do right. it. Or the Parkinson's uh, diagnosis, the the notion of losing his abilities, could have caused him to become hopeless and isolated and want to kill himself. Or the Parkinson's disease itself can actually alter your personality to such an extent that you can cause you to kill yourself or cause you to have, want to kill yourself. I find it interesting that both him and Mike, uh, Michael J. Fox, when you think about them young, like it's a key thing about them that they were spastic. You know, whenever you imagine him, Michael J. Fox acting. So it's like, ah, what's, what's going on with well, what, You know, it's like spastic, spastic. And it was uh, funny. It was entertaining. Uh, definitely Robin Williams, but I, well, I wouldn't call Michael J. Fox. I mean, I just rewatched the Back to the Future, and he was pretty young then. And, I mean, it comes off as like, oh, man, that guy's full of energy. But once you know what you know, you're like, wow, I wonder if he had a hard time, like, staying still even back then. Could be. Not, not like, to that extent, but just more like something drove him to, like, always be on the move, like, second to second kind of thing. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Uh, and he was also on a medication for Parkinson's that can, has been known to increase suicidal thoughts. Oh, wow. So people are thinking it's the medication. I'm, sure. I'm thinking there's no way anyone would know. It could have been a totally independent factor that no one even knows about. Uh. But anyway, so you have thwarted belongingness, you have hopelessness, and you have some sort of psychological pain. So, you know, whether... That's so for a lot of so if we're looking at the incel people, it's because they feel like they they can never be a man, they can never get the girl, they can never have sex, they can never be a part of society, they can never have love, they can never have a family, they can never be accepted by their own family because they're 25 and living alone and playing video games all day. Uh, they're being rejected by society or whatever. You know, there's just that's the pain that, yeah. that they're experiencing. Um, and then the fourth factor is you have to have some means. You have to have some some way to, to do it, um, which you actually have to develop over time. It's, you know, because people don't just like have the idea for the first time to kill themselves and, and just grab a gun and shoot themselves. Right. It's, it's pretty rare. Usually it's like, okay, how am I going to do it? Can I do that? Am I capable of doing that? How do I get that? You know, it's like, so anyway. So you combine that. With someone who is, you know, wanting to um, take revenge on the world and, you know, then you're going to have what you have. And I, I, f I just feel like the media and society and frankly, mental health professionals aren't focusing on that factor. I mean, right. do you ever hear people talking about these mass killings as essentially a suicidal person doing something horrible? No. Right. Uh, you're, you're, no. You hear about someone doing something horrible, period. They're just doing something horrible. You certainly hear the mental health angle, but right. you don't hear specifically the suicidal angle. Right. You hear that the, the narrative almost seems like, you know, they wanted to take revenge or they wanted to do this horrible thing or they're crazy and they don't know what they're doing and they kill a bunch of people. And then, and then as the police were, you know, coming in on them, they, then they decided to take their own life. The narrative is like, that's when they made that choice to kill mm. themselves. But to me... Again, there's no way to know, but I would suspect the very beginning of this process was a suicidal thought. Yeah, it, it doesn't, and usually there there doesn't seem to be like, and they had this getaway plan that didn't work. Right. You never really hear about a getaway plan. No, it's clear from all of these cases that they plan on dying. You yeah. know, there's no disguise. They're driving their own car. Right. You know, that's And they're of never like shot on their way out as they're fleeing. Right. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times they shoot themselves. So before we get into more of this, let's take a break. What do you say, Bruno? Let's do it. All right. We're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron, do so now. Go to patreon.com. When you become a patron, you get to sleep well at night knowing that you're not being a mooch, you, you MFers. 
Just joking. <laughs> um, okay, so getting back to incels and this guy. So this guy, again, he posts just before the incident when he runs over a bunch of people killing 10 people. He references the incel rebellion, and he expressed admiration for the Isla Vista killer of 2014. Um, it should be noted that a majority of the victims were women. I don't know if he was planning on that, but um, people ranging from their mid-20s to their early 80s. Just imagine that. Just killing. Just, I just It's so upsetting. Well, so one thing that has to be part of this equation is not just the suicidal aspect, but the, the lack of empathy, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so, which I'm assuming you're referring to what we call psychopathy. Maybe. I, 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 just, I just mean, like, to sit there and, and say, you know, I'm going to go and, and take away these people from the world, from all their relatives, their family, their friends. And not even go through that mental process of like, gosh, is that right? Or, no, it's just like, yep, I'm doing that. So I know and we've had this conversation before and I'm glad you're bringing it up because it's, I, I find that even mental health clinic, I would imagine most mental health clinicians would have a similar philosophy that basically backs up what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to know the truth here. But yeah. the philosophy is, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that there's, every, there's the, everyone else and then there's this small set of people who lack something that prevents them from doing these kinds of bad things, right? Oh, yeah, meaning like that... They lack empathy. There's some yeah, different... right. There's something different and dysfunctional and pathological right. about this group of people that can cause them to do this. The rest of us are not capable of such a thing. Or that it, it turned off somehow. Turned off yeah. somehow. Or well, what do you di- mean? Diminished somehow. By... Oh, by trauma, uh, drugs, trauma, okay. something, yeah. So if I were to say, um, you know, I had a hamburger today, would you say that there was something in my brain, something different about me that caused me to have a hamburger today, that motivated me to eat a hamburger today? I mean, it might have. <laughs> You're talking to maybe the wrong person, but it could well, have been, yeah. Well. Depends. If, you, if you'd never have eaten hamburgers... And all of a sudden, you decided to have a hamburger. Uh, there, I would be curious, like what, what, what changed? <laughs> but if, if you know, if you sometimes have hamburgers and sometimes you don't, then I wouldn't be curious. Okay, well, then let's take it to your weird example. <laughs> I've never had a hamburger in my life, right. and then one day I decided to have a hamburger. Right? Is there something pathological or different or not pathological? I would just be curious, like, oh, how come? How come? But yeah. you wouldn't say, oh. You represent a small subset of humans who lack something human about you that causes you to do X, Y, or Z. Uh, and I bring up right. the hamburger. Just right. ran- that's what just popped in sure. my head. I- insert any behavior. Sure. Wearing purple pants. Sure. Uh, becoming a Republican. Uh, moving to Canada. You know, right, like right. There, there's a lot of different behaviors that humans do. But there's only a small subset of behaviors that we as a society in the West and also among mental health people that we say, oh, that's pat- that indicates pathology. But it's no coincidence that it's the stuff that threatens us the most. Because if, every, if, every, if a lot of people started not having empathy, we would probably fear that society is going to dis- dissolve. Absolutely. So right? that's why we focus on yeah. it. But the solution to that anxiety of what does this mean or what's happening is not to throw away or to uh, adhere to pseudoscience, essentially, Mm -hmm. which is this notion that there's empirically something different about these people. Now, if I hear that this guy, which I haven't heard anything, I did a little bit of reading, I didn't read a lot, but for everything, all accounts, he was, people actually said he was absolutely harmless. Like he was a nice guy who had, was socially awkward and, but had never harmed anybody. Now, you know, who knows, maybe his family will come forward and say that he was like Dahmer. Yeah. That he was, you know, harming animals in the backwoods and hiding. Oh yeah. No, I meant like, because everyone said the same thing about Dahmer. I know he was harmless. I know. (laughs) So, uh, so who knows, but there are many people who do these kinds of things who have never done anything along those lines. Right. So, 
the notion that this kind of behavior is only done by people on that other side of this whatever kind of line people are defining uh it's not it's not found in the evidence and it's and it's not comforting to think about that basically what that tells us is that pretty much anyone can just decide you umberto i kirk can decide tomorrow to do this exact same thing if we wanted to there's yes. no, and 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 it doesn't it doesn't just and i'm not psychopathic you're not psychopathic but if we decided to do something like this we could do it it doesn't there's not there's not like a there's not like a function in the brain that says does not compute, can't drive across, you know, can't take action against other human beings. We'll we'll have a an experience about that for sure, but we could do it. We absolutely could, especially if we were hopeless and in pain and had a internet echo chamber telling and we were susceptible to that sort of cult-like experience on the internet. Uh, yes, I, but but so I guess I look at it like this. Any one of us could right now uh, try to eat 200 hot dogs slathered with mayo. We could. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't <laughs> for several reasons. Uh, many of us would find that gross, but also we would probably fear for our lives literally. Like we might die if we ate 200 hot dogs slathered in mayo. But think about all the stupid things you've done. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Some people, let's say one day you're like, oh my gosh, I just got back from this you know, town and they had a f- pie eating contest and dude, I, I wound up in the hospital. Like they had to like pump my stomach. I, I could have died. I would say something like, what, what were you thinking? Right. How, that's not like you. How, how did you all of a sudden decide that was a good idea? Right? Like I would say something like that because when you graph people on a, on a curve, the, there's 95 or greater percent of people don't on a daily basis injure their bodies by overeating. Right? But <laughs> another way to put that statistic is everyone right now is doing something unique. Everyone is yeah. doing something that no one else has ever done before. So, But you can group it into sets and, and But that's and my point. What's our definition? Well, but that's, it's, so, that's like saying like you can't, right? But I'm saying that you can because you can say, look, uh, it's true that we all have the physical capability of inflicting harm, but... And then you can try to rationalize all the reasons, but for whatever set of reasons, if when you draw us on a curve, most people what day, curve though? That that's the thing. You're, what I'm saying is, if you if you like pulled or just looked around, is like on a daily basis, how many people kill people? Well, very few, right? right? So like yeah. most people are not killing people. Right? Why? We have the capability. Yeah. We we don't like people. There's a lot of people we don't like. Sure. So what's what's the difference? There must be some difference. Okay. So that's the question. Yeah. What's the difference? Right. It could be something that we're not looking at, or it could be something quite arbitrary. Like it just sort of, they had, a, they had an increase in the sense of well-being related to that action. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't right. have to be something pathologically wrong with their amygdala or their empathy center. Absolutely. But, but that's different from what I said, which is, because it is... I do think that one factor that plays into our decisions every day is whether or not we care for someone else. Because if, if uh, for example, I am at work and there's a line to get food and I see an opening and no one's looking yeah. and I can cut in, yeah. it, the less I care about those people in line, the more I'm probably just going to do that. Man. But if I like care at all about like, well, they've been waiting in line, I'll just go stand in line too, then I'll probably go stand in line. So, you know, that amount of empathy played into that decision. Similarly, I'm not saying it's the only sole driving factor, but it's interesting that he, the amount of empathy these people are, are experiencing experiencing did not override all the other shit that was going on in their heads. Okay, great. So they could either have a tremendous amount of empathy, but also a, a you know, overwhelming amount right. of reasons to do it, right. or they could have no empathy and little reason to do it. Sure. It's, it's, there's no way to know that answer. And the way, uh, you know, forensic psychologists talk about this is they will talk about it in terms of like a, sh- you know, certainty mm-hmm. that man is psychopathic. He has a I pathological see. condition. And then the masses believe all that stuff. And it's like, you know, in a hundred years, they're going to look back and say, um, you know, 
man, you you guys had, you know, you were about 10% there. But, like, man, did you not know what we know today sure. about how the brain works and decision-making and all that kind of stuff? And it's just not that simple as a thing. Right. So we don't know. And from what I can tell, the little I know about this guy is uh, he there wasn't anything particular about him uh, that indicated – that he would do anything like this, you know, and, and that's scary. We want to not, we don't want that to be the conclusion. We want to be like, he was deranged and get yeah. a history and people neglected the signs and they should have done something. And it's just like, from all accounts, it was like, Nope, just a regular guy, you know? Well, and there, cause you know, in the case of Columbine, it's quite different, right? That there were a lot of signs. They were, they weren't not everyone listed them oh they they were harmless they were you know innocent they were like and uh while they were on their killing spree they exhibited continuous uh lack of human empathy to the extreme and definitely had planned to kill each other because they actually had planned that one would shoot each like they would literally pull the trigger on each other at the same time right so like all these things are on a much I don't know, premeditated, higher premeditated level, um, more except because like one thing is, you know, I'm, I'm at the bursting point. I'm going to drive this car and take some people with me. Right. Um, and I don't know all the details. Right. But another thing is like plan something for a long time, stack up the weapons, order the grenades, do whatever, have like this elaborate plan, go carry it out methodically from classroom to classroom, look at people in the face, shoot them, keep going. Like that's a different level. So they, different level of what? Well, of sociopathy or psychopathy or whatever. No, that that's my point is that's a wonderful narrative. Well, then we need new words because if you want to tell me that you can group these things together, then we have no ability to make different groups. <laughs> no. No, we have plenty. There are men. There are people with penises. There are people with vaginas. Right. There are people so with things what, in between. What I'm saying is like, and and there are people who kill people, and there are people who don't. No, see, that's too broad of a category. <laughs> but there's no way to differentiate among people who do things like Columbine. Uh, we can say, boy, did they lack empathy, and they had a pattern of behaviors or statements or, ex- or things that they said about their inner experience that we can frame or construct as a quote-unquote lack of empathy and psychopathy. And these are useful things. I'm I'm not saying they're not useful labels. I'm just saying they're not real things. They're they're not scientific hard facts. And to rely on such things is philosophical. Neither is lack of belongingness. True. (laughs) But I'm not, but I wouldn't say that like, uh, so, so good. When you ask people who are suicidal, they will say they feel a lack of belongingness. Sure. But you can't point to something in the brain. But when we talk about a feeling of lack of belongingness, we tend not to frame it as something pathological. When we talk about Columbine and these other people, we tend to frame it as a pathology. Like there's something wrong with their brain. Well, if, if by wrong we mean dangerous to, to us, yes. Uh, fine. You can say dangerous to us. We can say like uh, problematic. We can say immoral by, patholo- by all means. Self-pathology can- is dangerous to oneself. Like you have a pathological, you know, bug in your system that could kill you, right? Like there's a pathology there. So maybe well, pathological- with that, you can actually find the bug and, <clears throat> and discover the mechanism at which the bacteria is causing a problem. You, you might, right? Like for most of human history, you couldn't do that. But even sure. now- there are some things that still evade us a bit, like True. like cancer. We know what it's doing, but we don't really know how to stop it. And, but and we, we can find the cancer. We can't find pathology of the brain in terms of psychopathy. There's nothing we can find. And there are certainly lots of – I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Okay, back to incel. Yeah. So involuntarily celibate people are uh, – they call themselves incels. They're similar to the men going their own way people. They're always on the internet. They a little bit about them is they they talk about Chads and Stacys. You know who Chads and Stacys are? No. <laughs> Can you imagine who Chads and Stacys are? A Chad is a chump, maybe. No, Chad is like a alpha or like oh, like a Chad. Chad is an alpha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like a, is that a jock name? Chad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, to me, it sounded like chump or something. Like a ch- and a Stacy is like a cheerleader. Okay. You know? So you got the captain of the football team, Chads, and you have the cheerleader, Stacys. 
And they hate Chads and Stacys. They hate Chads and Stacys. Yeah. And they also hate feminism. Um, every day, because of the Isla Vista video I have on mm-hmm. YouTube, I get emails every day and comments every day from, because it attract. there's a, the Isla Vista killing, ha, there's a large group of people that are a very small minority of people in the United States who are on the internet consuming everything Isla Vista killing. And then they eventually come across, and there's a lot to consume on, right. on YouTube. There are videos galore on right. the killing from four years ago. And because the guy left behind a manifesto and all yeah. these YouTube videos. And then videos. everyone analyzed it and stuff. Yeah. Right. And everyone has something to say, including me, apparently. Right. And I just, you know, that was just one episode among 800 episodes that I've done. <laughs> and, and I remember someone asking me to do that. And it looked particularly interesting. And so I, okay, I'll do this one. And I had no, you know, I do lots of episodes all the time. I do three episodes a week. Yeah. And most of them just, you know, people listen and they move on with their life. But some reason this one, you know, it just keeps, you know, producing people right. reaching out. And all of, many of them will say something like, you know, because I talk for two hours about various things. I go into society in terms of mental health, in terms of, um, you know, all the things that you can connect to a killing like this. And I, uh, they'll say, love the analysis, totally in depth. One of the only professional analyses of the Isla Vista killer around, but you're a fucking cuck because you're a feminist. So at some, (laughs) at some point in this video, I, I must, I must've mentioned that I was a feminist. I don't know. I don't know why I would have said such a thing or, or if I said that directly or something, but like, it's like, God, you know, it, so so if you're, I'm going to, I'm going to label this video, something like incels or something. And yeah. so if you're one of those people out there, let me explain to you what fucking feminism is. It is the notion that people are treated differently by their gender. And it's not just women, by the way, you can be of any gender and treat it unfairly. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that traditionally and historically in our society, women have been getting the short end of the stick more of the time than people who are not women. That isn't to say that people who are not women are not getting the short end of the stick sometimes. You are a man in a nursing school, and you're going to be discriminated against. You're a man who goes into a craft store, or you're a man walking down the street with uh, you know, a kid, and you look like a pedophile in terms of what society calls a pedophile. You're going to be discriminated against. It, feminism is about gender power, privilege, politics, awareness, bias, stereotypes, prejudice, mistreatment. That's all that it is. And if you don't acknowledge the fact that that exists, I don't know what to fucking tell you. Now, there are plenty of people out there who are abusing the label of feminism as a sort of tool to rail on other people. And certainly the incel community cherry picks the very few examples that happen to be on the internet of like, you know, a quote unquote feminist just screaming at someone about, you know, uh, this or that. Um, yeah, you can find examples of any idiot doing anything for any reason, you know, pro empathy people are out there doing something like some, someone's being an asshole about that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Well, well, the problem with labels though is people can't co-opt them. So, and you can't, and you can't just like, we don't like when folks say, well, yeah, but that wasn't a true Islamic person or that wasn't a true, you know, conservative or that wasn't a true whatever. What happens is that <clears throat> there are pockets of feminism that that are perceived by men as extreme because they <clears throat> they espouse sort of like men hatred. Great. Fine. Yeah. And it's true. I've been a part of that. I'm a man, dude. Yeah. I've been a tar I live in a, a world of women. Right. Therapy, especially marriage and family therapy, are you fucking kidding me? Ninety five percent of them are women. And guess what? I have been in a room with you know, dozens of women right. talking utter shit about men. Okay? As have I. <laughs> and it is it feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. And but I don't stand up and do anything because I'm not that kind of person. But I walk out of that room going, that was fucking bullshit. Okay. Right. So yeah, there's there's abuses. People are people. No but I one- think that's why that's what does unfortunately some of the fodder that is given to the people that then say, 
see why feminism is, you know, the worst thing since sliced yeah, uh, but, potatoes. But it's interesting that they would cherry pick those examples. Do you know what I mean? Like, why are you so concerned? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's interesting that uh, something that is associated with. So, so when you because ex- when I talk to these people and I have many of them, I'll be like, I'll, you know, right. I'll say b- kind of a version of what I'm saying, you know, t- you know, sort of toned down quite a bit. And they'll, they just have, they have so much propaganda pumped into their head around like, it's all a mass conspiracy against men. And they'll talk, they'll bring up like Marxism and shit. And you're just like, why are we bringing up Marxism? Yeah. <laughs> like women. Remember that woman who wrote the communist manifesto Yeah, and the woman in charge of the Soviet union. Right. <laughs> it's like, um, women can you know, I'll just go over just like, so can you agree that in the past, you know, say 50 years ago, women weren't treated at, didn't have the same opportunities that men did. Well, that, that for the entirety of human history. But, but just, I just <laughs> asked them one question, just like 50 years ago, you know, 1968, did women have the same opportunities? Could, could, or say a hundred years ago, sure. could women be physicians? Could they be senators? Could they vote? Could they, you know, all these They just of didn't things. pull themselves up. By the bootstraps. Well, no, they, so they can, they can relate to that. <laughs> okay. But what they can't relate to is that we're still emerging out of that. Well, but yeah. that's the same thing with racism, right? They, they say, yeah. well, 200 years ago, that's a long time ago. Why can't you pull yourselves up by, right. from your ghettos? Right. So it's interesting what people will deny. Essentially, we have, fem, we have sexism deniers yeah. in the incels, and we have racism deniers who are Trumpites, right? And, or... You know, whatever rights, whatever yeah. right wing, yeah. anti whatever sort of people, proud boys, yeah. And they, uh, it's just interesting what they choose to deny, right? It's like, you know, the the right wing anti sexism people, they or anti racism people don't. Well, they probably deny sexism too. Anyway, the point is, is that I interact with these people all the time, right. and um, and. It, I can tell from the way they talk because they all have the same points yeah. that they have been fed a, a, you know, just years of copious amounts of bullshit into their head. And this, and what emerges is like, they love me, but then they hate me as soon as I say I'm feminist. Like everything I say is completely discounted because when I mention that I'm a feminist, right. I I'm suddenly now like, the, the enemy it's the weirdest fucking thing it's like so you know you're co- totally convinced i'm a genius and then i'm i'd mention one thing that is that means to everyone else other than you fucking idiots that sexism is a thing in society that you know bias people right. are biased sometimes some people aren't some people but when you average it out over you know large groups of people you know just to give you, if you're, if you're unaware, I got one question today. They're like, do you have any research that demonstrates? There are probably hundreds of studies. They're very easy to, it's very easy to do this. You, you have a number of resumes. Yeah. And you, this one. and you just change the fucking name right. <laughs> from Jenny or John and you send it out to a, uh, you know, employer, right. and it's the same resume. And you tabulate the results. <laughs> and you tabulate the results. And right. men and women employers will, will tend to call the male resume right. as opposed to the female. Yeah, if, they've done the same with, with ethnic-sounding right. names. <laughs> Jerome versus John. Yeah. Same thing. So if that doesn't prove to you at least there's some bias in society i don't know what does right. <laughs> so and then you and then of course so, when you understand the gr- gr- broader system it's like it's not just hiring but it's like uh the the look you get you know the amount of space you're allowed in a room the uh, gender politics in a relationship uh you know obviously getting promoted within a job uh societal institutions that have certain you know like the ford uh kavanaugh situation uh, we, you know, if, if our society was matriarchal, I think that would have played out differently. I'm yeah. just, I'm just going to take a guess yes. <laughs> and say that if our society was, you know, right. uh, 500 years of women rule, I'm just going to take a guess and say that that situation would have turned out differently. So, I mean, I have a friend who, uh, asked me the other day, Hey, so if you were at work and, and, so, you know, a, a female coworker 
uh, asked to go to dinner, would you do it? And I was start over what? If you were at work and a female coworker asked you to go to dinner, like after work, uh-huh. would you do it? What a weird question. <laughs> right. And I go, uh, I mean, it depends on a lot of things, but potentially, potentially not. Depends on a lot of things. And he said, oh, yeah, no, you'd be crazy to do it under any circumstances. And I said, okay, I'm assuming you're going yeah. to some Me Too thing. Yeah. It's like, yes, it's completely dangerous nowadays for a guy to do almost anything, blah, 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 blah. And then I started going like, okay. So, so, so I, sometimes <laughs> I wish I could, I could hook up sensors to my eyes so that you and podcast land could – could actually hear some indication of me rolling my rolling eyes, eyes because I'm rolling my eyes so hard oh right now. God. So I was sitting there going, okay, actually, uh, how many people do you personally know are currently, you know, under legal trouble or have lost their job because of a uh, me too accusation? Oh, zero. Yeah. Okay. Guess what? Same with me. <laughs> yeah. And and I know a lot of people and a lot of them in the tech industry and in the entertainment industry and stuff like that. We don't know anyone directly. Is that just because we're like the special little snowflakes? Yeah. And how many of us and the people we know have done things, men and women, that could be called sexual harassment? You right. know, the, so the vast majority right. of, you know. So, so my, yeah, my ultimate point was like, look, there's, there's no question that the, the, the goalpost has changed from the 90s to now or the 80s or the 70s to now because what what people used to think was okay it isn't no many of those things are no yeah, longer and so okay. what, what i always tell people is like one if you don't do anything that is intimidating or scary or right. pressuring then you, you're probably going to be okay in the slight chance that someone decides that they're going to frame you which hardly ever happens in life. I mean, someone could frame you for murder, right? you know? Like, w- do you walk around worrying that you're going to get framed for robbing a bank? Because someone could do that. Oh, I better cross the street because I'm about to walk by this bank. Someone, yeah, someone <laughs> could rob a bank and, and try to frame you. And, and walk into your house and spread the money around and the ink packet, and you could be framed and you could go to jail, right. and there's nothing you could do about it. Well, so... What's the chance that a woman's just going to suddenly target you with a sexual harassment frame job? It's possible, it but is. and I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> but like, there are worse crimes to be framed, right. you know. And and if you uh, haven't done anything wrong, you have lawyers that will help you, do you know. Yep. So um, uh, anyway, so yeah, as long as you're not doing anything pressuring. So the example: if a woman asks you out to dinner at work. And you go, and then she, like, claims something happened, what, at the restaurant? Like, how could that possibly hold up in court? I asked him to dinner, and then while we were at the restaurant... inappropriate things during dinner. Yeah, it's like, um, what did he say? And you said, I didn't say those things. I just quoted our president. Oh, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) But even then, it's it's just like, now, now... uh, that's different than employee policy, right? Right. right. Where, <laughs> which is what I pointed out. Right. Which <laughs> is actually something to watch out for. You yeah. know, you don't. What do you? What do they say? You don't. You don't shit where you eat or something, right? Yeah. I mean, like <laughs> you, you don't. Don't go out with someone at work, and then say you say something that pisses them off. They go back to work. They tell an HR person that yeah. that you said something, or you you could just say something like, "My boss is a fucking idiot." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and you like, could get in trouble with HR, right? Which you know, okay, I guess that kind of sucks, but yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with the with this anti Me Too movement. Now, that guy, which I'm assuming it's a man. Uh, oh, you're so biased. Yeah, <laughs> more eye rolling. I, I should just have a bell when I'm bing ding. Um, <laughs> is uh, or some kind of stretching sound like, but. <laughs> Uh, you know that sound effect in all the movies when the doors open? Yeah. That creak sound? <laughs> um, he was likely in an echo chamber on the internet. Yeah. Facebook, Reddit, something like that. Would it surprise like you to know that he's a big fan of Tom Likas? Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so we got to rush through this. We got... Uh, now, Reddit, did you know that uh, subreddit, the incel subreddit was banned last year? I did hear about that, actually. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty... That's huge. Yeah. 
for yeah. Reddit to ban a subreddit, yeah, yeah, is because pre- that's why it was big news because that yeah. that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, because they did they did the Alex Jones or was that just Twitter? No, they finally did Alex Jones as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it had forty thousand members. The group had violated uh, the Reddit policy that prohibits calls for violence. Yeah, because of the you know incel rebellion. Um, I read one article and they provided just to give you an idea of the sort of things that people would say on, on Reddit and trigger warning to people. So legitimate trigger warning, but honestly, well, anyway, so quote here, I have sluts for managers, flat bitch with no ass and loud, ugly black land. Well, somehow with no ass either, both brag, all both brag about all the dick they suck. So there's something because I've read a lot of these forums, there's something weird about uh, the the themes that you'll see on these hmm. incel, MGTOW, uh, toxic masculinity places. They will often talk about their coworkers. I think it's because maybe it's the only place they actually interact with other females. That's quite possible. And they, it's almost obvious how they're exaggerating. And I think they're exaggerating to get upvotes. I think they're actually just making shit up because they want other people to appreciate what they're saying. You know what I mean? If they say something like, I have a manager and she seems like maybe she's anti-man, but I can't really tell. Like, you're not going to get a lot of attention. It's actually going to go worse because everyone's going to be like, oh, nice cook. Right. But if you say, I have sluts for managers, it's like, Okay, this one's on the level. Yeah, you're like, okay, that. Sl- how do you know your managers are sluts? Because they brag about how much dick they suck. Yeah, right. Both <laughs> brag about all the dick they suck. Okay, yeah. let's let's imagine that world. Uh, hey, so um, uh, Johnny, your shift is from eight to four, and um, you know, Jane, your shift is also from eight to four, and you know, can you make sure you clean the bathrooms? By the way, I sucked a lot of dick last night. Boy, was how about it, you, Jane? <laughs> how boy was it good? You're like, come on, you know. And then just listen to this hatred, flat bitch with no ass and loud, ugly black land whale. Somehow with no ass either. It's like, wow, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Like the you know, and this is a you know posting it publicly, yeah. right? Now I've interacted with guys like this. And when you actually talk to them, because uh, from a comment like this, you're just like, they must be like a raving lunatic. Yeah. But a lot of times, they're just like a regular dude, you know? Yeah. Like the guy who ran in Toronto who ran over the people, every, by everyone's account, he was just like a regular guy when he interacted with them. Yeah. Shy, but and quiet, but, you know, harmless. Well, you, yeah. It's like you never know what's in people's heads, except that when they post online, it's it, anonymously, you get to see through the... Well, I honestly, I honestly think that, well, one, so we can't discount that some of these people on the incel uh, forums don't have a mental illness like mania. So when you're, mani- when, you're man- man- when you're manic or you're psychotic, you are not thinking straight. You're confused. Yeah. You have delusions. And I know people who will, uh, when they get manic, when they get psychotic they will go onto the internet because when you become psychotic and manic, people don't want to hang out with you, mm. especially if it's like your 20th episode. Cause by right. then you've really isolated yourself. Well, but you, but you have all this energy and you have all this intent to communicate. And so, well, you got the internet. Yeah. So you, so I know psychotic people who will just sit there for 20 hours a day, just, you know, you know, doubling down comment, in the, comment, comment. Yeah. In this one really narrow area. Yeah. So I imagine some of the people in the incel community are, are like that. It's probably not a majority. It's probably a, right. like, I don't know, 5%, but we can't discount that. I also wonder about, uh, alcohol and drugs. Right. So you're, other you, drugs, <laughs> right. You're upset. Um, you're obviously, you've been hurt in the past. Um, but also, I think that a lot of these people, so you could have some trolls, legit, just people just be sure. like, oh, this is fun. This is, I see the game here. I'm 13. That's yeah. another thing. Like, how many 13-year-olds are on the incel subreddit? Going, At work, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. I, I get this game, blah, 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 you yeah. know? Like, how many nine-year-olds have access to Reddit? Scary. Yeah. 
90 percent of 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 nine-year-olds have access to reddit these days because reddit isn't a banned site it's not a porn site yeah it's just a you know it's a regular you know aggregator aggregator neither is fortune <laughs> yeah um it's not an aggregator it's a what would you call reddit like a like a forum essentially yeah, it's, a, it's like a bulletin board <laughs> bulletin board yeah um, but another thing is, is, is that I think a lot uh, some of these people might be exaggerating their own rhetoric just because it's sort of fun or cathartic or something. Anyway, so they refer to this incel rebellion and the incels believe themselves to be kind of like an oppressed class, like they're slaves rebelling against society or, yeah. or they're women, you know, trying to, uh, march or something. Yeah. And they had, there's a, you know, so the thing I should also say is that not all incels, hashtag not all incels. <laughs> there's plenty of incels who are involuntarily celibate because, or, right, because they, they're like, you know what, I'm just going to admit that women don't want to have sex with me and I'm just going to accept that and I'm going to get support from my friends who are also incels and we're going to go out together and, you know, at least I have a friend group. Right. Um, and we'll share pornography tips and um, pocket pussy tips. And <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with, you know, a good pocket pussy tip. You know what I mean? <laughs> with a good po- Not bad pocket pussy How much lube, how to clean it. Oh, my God. You know, like, there's nothing wrong with that. So, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> there isn't. There's nothing wrong with an, an incel, invo- someone who is celibate involuntarily, who wants to hang out with other people similarly. And Can you have... Like, okay, so if I have a pocket pussy in one of my Well, so that's the irony pockets. is pocket pussies actually can't fit in your pocket. No? They're too big. God damn it. Well, but imagine I buy an extra big jacket just to fit it. Okay. And then I have my other incel buddy come and fuck it from the side. Oh. Does that make us, like, something other than just incel buddies or? Um, I don't even. So, so email. Uh, no. I'll <laughs> tweet Birdo at oh psychoberto.com. Or psychoberto. Oh, God. Uh, psych. Zero Birdo. Psych Zero Birdo. Tweet Birdo the answer to that question. That's terrible. (laughs) Um, Okay. So there's nothing wrong with that. So I'm guessing there's, you know, I don't know how, what percentage of incels are totally innocent and nice dudes and just, and I'm, maybe there's even women incels. I don't know. So there, you know, uh, but there's a certain group of them who think we need to have an incel rebellion. They feel like they're an oppressed class. They need to rise up and take over. I don't mm-hmm. know what the fuck they're going to take over. What? They're going to like, like it's going to be a coup d'etat of incels in the United States. You know, it's just like, come on. Um, yeah, it's, it's from what I can tell, it's like a weird echo chamber that's toxic. That's I almost consider to be kind of like a cult where it sort of brainwashes you. Yeah. Because you find this this place in the world where you feel like you fit in and then you're just fed this constant stream of propaganda and it's hard especially if you're disconnected from the world and you don't have anyone else to talk to it's hard to think straight in that set setting Mm -hmm. right like the jamestown people or any other cult you just you just get kind of locked into the people around you it's like okay this is what we're doing now oh we're gonna do the incel rebellion uh one person that uh talks about here um, about the guy who ran over all the people in Toronto. They says, uh, this is someone on the internet. I don't blame him for what he did. I blame society for treating low status men like garbage. There will always be more rampages because of the way society treats us. Wow. Wow. So look, if you're an incel person or you're a MGTOW person and you're still listening, God bless you. But if you're still listening, I know you're in pain. We're all in pain. I know that you're confused. I know that you've been rejected so many times. We've all been rejected so many times, but maybe you more times than other people. Um, not, Not just by women, but by everybody. And it hurts. I get that. I can relate to that. I don't have any quick, stupid, psychobabble solutions to that. But if you turn to the internet for a solution you're likely to find the MGTOW people and the incel people. And it's going to feel good at first because they're expressing the pain and anger that you feel. That feels good to find someone who is, you know, expressing the feelings that are some of the feelings that are inside of you. But 
some of these people on the internet are creating a toxic echo chamber that might feel good, but it's also cult-like and it will start to brainwash you similar to Scientology or a fundamentalist religious group or something. And these people are creating a narrative that will prevent you from actually solving your problems. They might even suggest that the only solution to this problem is to kill other people. And there are just so many other ways to deal with your pain and your anger and your isolation and your frustration. And I'm not saying you have to be all touchy-feely with a therapist. What I'm saying is just don't go to the incel people or the MGTOW people or the red pill people. These are a small minority of people in the world, even in the United States. They dominate the fucking internet, but these are very, these are very rare individuals. Um, Talk to anyone else. Just you, you would just walk down the street, just randomly talk to someone in all likelihood, they're not a MGTOW person, you know? (laughs) Um, And they will tell you that it's normal to feel pain and it's normal to feel hurt when we're rejected. It's normal to be angry about it. We've all been through it. You know, find some other friends, uh, anybody, maybe even grab someone from the MGTOW community and say, hey, could we just hang out, get a burger and not talk about all this incel, you know, rebellion stuff? Could we just like go to a movie and I don't know, just, can we just forget about women for a bit and just have a good, can we go fishing? You know, that's another, get outside, get to, get to the nature. Could it be like incels going their own way from incel communities? Oh, <laughs> I like it. You know, it's a whole big world world out there, and 99.9999999% of the world has no idea what an incel is. Um, I talk to people every day about this, and every once in a while I'll just be like, so do you know what MGTOW... I mean, the first time I brought MGTOW up to you, you didn't even know what I it did was. not know. Yeah. And so, but to you, if you're an incel or a MGTOW person, you you feel like it's the whole world. It's not... It is not the whole world. Um, Everyone knows what it's like to be rejected. Everyone knows what it feels like to be demoralized. Everyone knows what it feels like to be hopeless. And there are so many other paths to take that that don't involve this weird propaganda within the incel community. Email me. I talk with people like this all the time. Um, One of the main episodes that I've done about this is called How to Meet a Woman. It's our episode titled How to Meet a Woman. And this was a guy who wasn't a MGTOW or an incel person, I don't think, but he talked like one of them. And I went back and forth with him about that. And he, uh, it, was a, it was a bit of a turning point for him where he thought, because he was heading down a road of hatred and misogyny and into that world of like rigid anger and despair and giving up and creating a narrative that all women were this and all women were that and all women were against him. And they were all essentially, it was essentially like a, essentially the incel MGTOW is a, this notion that there's this grand conspiracy against men. You know, it's just like, yeah. what? Like every men and women and pe- queer people, everyone f- feels hurt all the time. You know, it's a human thing. It's, you know, so I talk with people, email me, Let's have a dialogue. If you're just like, you know what? I don't get feminism. Let's talk. If you're like, hey, no one will talk to me. And I, I, feel like, I feel like I'm going down the road of misogyny. I can feel it in my bones. Talk to me. Talk to anybody other than the MGTOW incel people. Um, there's a way out. Now, there's no easy answer. I've talked with people like, you know, you'll get answers like, just be yourself. You know, just... You know, put yourself out there. Yeah. Go, go on Tinder. You know, I, I know that if you're at the point where you're looking to incels or looking to MGTOW people for consolation, you've gone down those roads hundreds, if not thousands of times, and they have not worked. And I get that. So I'm not going to demean your experience by saying, be yourself, go on Tinder. Everything's fine because you're suffering. It's not fine. Things are not fine. And, and you might not ever be able to do this very easily. It's, it's hard, especially if you're on the autism spectrum or you've been traumatized or you're from a different culture and you don't understand the yeah. women in your culture that you're currently living in or your parents were weird. I mean, one of the biggest factors, when you have weird parents, you become weird, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad ways, you know, or pros, there's pros and cons to being weird like your parents, you know, <laughs> and you know, it happens. And, 
it and it can hurt. It can hurt so bad. It can really, really hurt. And but there are so many other paths to well-being and even to get meeting your goals of actually meeting women and having uh, whatever sort of sexual life you want, whether it's monogamy or serial monogamy or polyamory or dating lots of different women or casual sex. There's, there's lots of goals in life. It's fine uh, for everybody. And there's just so many other ways to do it. And I, I just encourage you, if you're listening thus far, I'm guessing you at least like us. So please contact us because we can help you with that. Any last word, Berto? Yeah, I would just have three things. If I, if I, if I could give any advice, it would be, number one, look into Buddhism. Number two, take up meditation. And number three, get very, very serious about a hobby. Like, do it seriously. Get very deep into it. Why Buddhism? Uh, you know, because traditional, the, the original um, Buddhist path was... This realization that life is suffering, that you, suffering is unavoidable unless you change how your mind looks at things and, and processes them. Because, you know, uh, the, the Siddhartha, whatever his name was, he, he was like a king and he had everything. And then, but he realized that no matter if you were poor, if you were rich, no matter what, people were always like unhappy. And then they'd be like, oh, but I just need a, a bigger house. And then they get the bigger house and they're like, oh, I'm still unhappy. No matter what, everyone was still unhappy. So his whole path was, well, why are people unhappy and what can we do about it? And he basically was like, oh, okay. So you're always going to be unhappy because you always want stuff. You always want stuff and, and you either don't get it and you're unhappy or you get it and then you're unhappy because you want more stuff. And, and then he, his whole thing was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically change the way I think. <laughs> the, the way I, and then that was a lot of that was through meditation and whatnot. So uh, that's why I'm saying you cannot sit there and paint this rosy picture of the world for yourself. It's sort of like what you were saying. It's not that, oh, come on, just keep trying. It'll work out, right? There's people in much worse situations than you, by the way. There are people that were born paraplegic or with a severe Down syndrome or people that lost like abilities throughout life. They went blind or whatever. There's people that went to the war and came back super injured. You're not in the worst place. And yet all of us have to keep going in some way, right? But, but so if you're looking for ways to like figure out how to deal with the pain and how to deal with the disappointment of life, I don't think you can do it just by, you know, keeping that chin up and put on a cherry face, but you, you got to like change your brain somehow. And so I'm just recommending stuff that seems to have worked for other people out there in the world. Well, thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.